ahead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Friday. Hope you're all doing well. I am. Well, well, well. Ho, ho, ho. It's going to be a Friday, I guess. All that implies, if it implies anything. All I know is I had a nice walk outside today. Got to sit out. We have a green belt near our house that I could go walk to. So just take my tab, my, my new Fire HD8 tablet and go out and maybe watch a movie or read a book or something out of it. And just spend some time outdoors in the sun. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Well, I did. All right, I wanted to talk about adventure creation and manageable chunks, and we will get into that after this. Now, before we get into the topic, I do have a voicemail from Jason. He's talking about the the Beast episode I did and about the Oryx episode I did. So go ahead, Jason. Hey, Glenn. Jason here, catching up on your podcast. Beastly episode made me think of Frank Buck. Bring him back live. I guess I'm dating myself. Wonder if anybody else remembers Frank Buck. Anyway, the orc thing, yeah, all that's stupid. It's okay to have a race that's inherently evil. You're talking a world, depending on the edition you're playing, with law, chaos, and law, you know, especially when you look at law and chaos being serious forces in the world, not just a gray world like we have today, but, or, you know, in the real world, but where you, you really have good and evil, you know, with the gods and the and the forces and elemental planes and everything else. Is it so hard to believe a race is just inherently evil? You know, if you want it that way in your campaign, you can play it more nuanced, of course, but to, to attack works is silly. I mean, there, there's a lot more reason to attack zombies in modern culture than, than there is works in D and D, but talk to you later. Thank you much, Jason. I appreciate that. I'm glad you enjoy that beast thing because they could they could be dang useful in the orcs yeah well it is what it is you know you know orcs are fine orcs are good and i agree with you wholeheartedly but thank you thank you very much for that email so i'm still working on that savage worlds game for my convention north texas rpg con whether it happens or not i'm still going to write the adventure basing it on a rather well-known D module at least in my OSR circles. And I decided, okay, how are we going to do this? Because what I chose, the module I chose is a sandbox. And sandboxes, you can always dissect a sandbox. That's the nice thing about it, is you can take a sandbox and instead of just plopping your characters down saying, okay, you're in this tavern, go for it. You can actually take stuff out of it and run them as one-off adventures because you can actually, if you can find, if you can find something that's happening in this hex or this hex and, and just, you just expand it. Just, I'm not saying railroad them, but I'm saying this is what's happening in town and they can do it or they can go off on their own and find something else. But you know, if you got an adventure, say at a convention or like what I'm doing, that's one way to do it. It's just grab a, grab a sandbox and just, oh, okay, take one or two things out of it and then just make your adventure. That's a, that's a shorthand way of doing it. That's kind of a cheater's way of doing it, which is okay because as far as I'm concerned, when you're a game master, there's no such thing as, as adventure cheating. 
there is no such thing as ripping stuff off because you're trying to have a good game and who the hell cares where it comes from, you know? So, I took this module and I kind of looked at the map and I thought, okay, this is the area I'm dealing with. Now, first thing I do is I'm going to go through the book or the module and write down all the monsters that appear in it. Because like in sandboxes, one thing I like about sandboxes is you get like at least three times the monsters that you'd ordinarily deal with. So I went through and I took a, a big old three by big old index card and I just wrote down all the monsters that are in there and I counted about 32 of them. And that wasn't even counting the 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 encounter table in the beginning, at the beginning. This is just like, here's where these creatures are, here's where these creatures are, here's where these guys are, here's where these guys are. And I just wrote them down so I could look at them and then look at the map. Then I looked at the map, I said, okay, we've got this stuff over in these hexes. And we've got stuff, okay, why don't I just take this group of hexes right here, find the best thing encounter-wise in that hex. So, and, and make an adventure around it. Easy peasy, right? So I looked at it and I'm going, hmm, okay, lizard men. I could work with lizard men. And you've got the nice thing about a sandbox, you get the hexes surrounding it to work with too. Because any good sandbox, if you're doing a hex crawl, any good hex crawl, I should say, all you should not have all of the hexes filled. Now, there are exceptions to that. Because if I pull down my copy of Carcosa or Isle of the Unknown, every hex has something going on in it. May not always be an encounter, may not always be a, an adventure hook, but there's something going on. But then again, the authors say these hexes cover a wide range of area. So you have something going on, but it's very, very spread out. But as usual, like I've, I've taken, I took down the uh, Frog God's old Hex Crawl Chronicles, and I looked at it, and it's like, hmm, okay, you've got like 50 hexes, 25 of which may have something to do with it, something to do in there. Everything else is just, you know, terrain, traveling somewhere, whatever. That doesn't mean you can't have encounters in there, random encounters and such like that. So I take one group of hexes. Okay, lizard men. Sounds like a swamp. So I look around in the other hexes and see if there's anything else going on. Maybe there's a hex, another hex nearby. There's something going on. And it's like, well, do I want to ignore that? Or do I want to work it into the story? Say you've got lizard men going on the, the rampage in this one hex. And like two hexes over, there's, oh, I don't know, uh, Giant, uh, giant crocodiles. So the lizard men and the giant crocodiles would be linked to the fact that maybe they go hunt giant crocodiles, or maybe the giant crocodiles are, tr are trying to invade their village or something like that. So there you got something going. Maybe the giant, the lizard men have this magical artifact that keeps them at bay, but it's failing, and they ask if you guys are going through, you they they barter with you to go get another one. Maybe it's a somewhat common magical item, but it's very far away. So there's there's a journey. There's there's an adventure right there. And you know, it's what I that's the thing about hex crawls and, and sandboxes. It's it's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like 
you know, putting, it's like putting Legos. To me, it's like putting Legos together. Oh, this doesn't work here. Okay, we'll make this work here. And there's nothing wrong to, to look over like five hexes over, something else is going on, maybe in a different terrain that might be linked to this lizard man problem somehow. Or maybe you can transfer what's going on there to a closer hex into the swamp, re rejigger it for this scenario, if say if it's a desert encounter, but it's in the swamp, just like maybe swap out monsters or something like that. It'll work. That's how you keep a that's how you, you develop these adventures for one offs. It's also how you keep a campaign going. You could actually get a campaign story arc out of something like this. To me, I love I talked about a few few uh, a few episodes ago about you know writing and stuff like that where I said Stephen King is a right by the seat of his pants kind of guy. He'll come up with a premise and then just write. Well, this is sort of like that. It's a fly by the it's like a fly by the seat of your pants game mastering. Get him involved in this, and then that's good for maybe a session. So let them resolve whatever it is make sure try and make sure you have at least one loose end and that's what you use to try and get them to follow the next thread you can look at the loose end going okay hmm all right uh say one of the lizard men is missing when he went out to, to try and stop the crocodiles on his own, he was missing. That would be part of this session. That could be part of like, okay, we stopped the crocodiles. We turned them away. We did whatever. whatever. You get the magic on whatever. Okay, but this one guy went missing. They assumed he's dead. Well, say the characters are traveling out of the swamp and they run into him hiding. And he may have a backstory about, I don't know, his family or something like that to get them involved. Then you got another adventure you're going on. Maybe you take them with. Who knows? So that's what you do as far as manageable chunks go. And it's mining. Mining a hex crawl is just, to me, a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun because there are, there are plot hooks on the hoof. They're not just encounters you do. But you just read it and go, oh, because if that doesn't spark your brain, what do you do in game mastering? That's my attitude. Well, anyway, I'm going to go start my day. So if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan, Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. You guys are great. Don't forget Dan Griggs, the Young Y-U-N-G Grognard Podcast, Marksy Walring's the Yawning Albert Podcast, and Big Mark Allen, Big John Allen Large, and Mark Allen, John Allen Large is the Red Dice Diary. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Yeah.